Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. third week of this series and 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 the focus is the lord's prayer now if we look at at, at our faith the most important uh, pillars of our faith when it comes to scriptural understanding would be the 23rd psalms right and 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 the lord's prayer which which as i said last week and the week before that's not really the lord's prayer in essence that's not the the, the thing that he told his disciples in Matthew 6, is not the way he prayed. That wasn't even what he said. If you want to know what Jesus' prayer was, you got to go to John 17 and read that. And that, you'll find, is Jesus' prayer. But what he was giving his disciples and us, you and I, was a roadmap or a blueprint to help us pray regularly. A lot of times, we don't know what to ask for or how to properly pray. And so Jesus was like, because they, they literally asked, he says, Teach us how to pray. When they noticed that Jesus got up every morning and he went somewhere off to himself and he prayed. And, and they noticed that when he prayed, this is why they asked him for that. They noticed that when he prayed, things happened. And so they felt that, hey, when you pray, things happen. So teach us how to pray. And so, and so Jesus says, Here, here's the blueprint for prayer. And I'm going to do the King James Version. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Right? I didn't even grow up in the church, and I knew that one. Right? I wasn't even a Christian. I didn't believe in God, but I know that one. And it's a perfect blueprint. And so last week we kind of talked about the first part of that. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be. And we talked about the word hallowed, meaning pure, meaning, meaning holy, and keeping God's name holy. But today I want to talk to you all about this other part. Give us. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Heavenly Father, right now I just invite you into this place. God, if you would, allow me to just represent you like never before. God, let my tongue be articulate. And God, let my mind be fresh. I don't want to forget a single important fact that you would have me share with your people today. God, if you would, just baptize this place this morning with your Holy Spirit so that when we leave this place, we can leave changed and inspired with a better understanding of what you have us do when we pray. God, I thank you. I love you. I honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Give us today our daily bread. Give us today the food that we need. It's funny that if we read the different names of God, one of them we find in the Old Testament, 
how God identified himself. It's an old Hebrew term. It's Jehovah Jireh. And, and, and if you're not familiar with what Jehovah Jireh means, it's Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. And, 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 and there was a sister uh, who made this song, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And everybody was singing that. But how many of us really believed that he was our provider? And I would say everybody, if I asked everybody, oh, I believe God is my provider. And I would say, yeah, it's true, but you're, that's not true. How many times have you done things on your own and not completely dependent on your provider? Amen? It's like, like as a child, depends on mom and daddy to be their provider. Uh, our kids wake up every morning. They don't worry about if you're going to pay the bills to make sure you have a roof over your head. You're, our kids don't worry about if they're going to eat. They come, literally come, I'm hungry. And they say to you, I'm hungry. Why? Because they have, they have an expectation that you're going to do what you've been doing all of their life feeding them. Uh, they don't come to you and say, and say Daddy, uh, uh, can you make sure that we keep the house? No, they just walk in the house knowing that no matter what, I've got a house. They know that you are the provider in their world, but we need to have that same type of confidence. God even tells us we need to have childlike faith. In other words, we need to be just like our children. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to worry about it. We know that God will provide. We don't even have to ask, knowing that he will provide. Now, I said we don't have to ask, but I'm going to talk to you all about how it's okay for you to ask and how God actually expects us to ask. Our children don't have to ask us to feed them because we're naturally automatically going to do that. Am I right about it? If you got a child, you're going to feed them. Matter of fact, some of us know what it's like to go without food to make sure our kids have a meal. Amen. Some of us know what it's like to go without a coat because our kids need a coat. Some of us know what it's like to go without new shoes because the kids need shoes. Some of us know what it's like to go without so that our kids don't have to go without. We know what that's like. We know what it's like to be really there provider and 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 we got to get to a place where we have that same childlike faith knowing that God is indeed our provider here's the thing it's funny to to look at this particular scripture and say wow why would Jesus include something that's so basic give us food is what he's literally asking why is that the blueprint? Why do we even have to ask if God is going to give it to us anyway? Why, is Jesus, did you select that as part of our blueprint to ask for food? I, why is that? You didn't even have to put that in there. But you said this is the blueprint we should follow. This is the, the, the way that you're teaching your disciples how to pray. In other words, this is, this is how you should do it every day. Why even do we have to ask for something that you're already going to do and, and as I shared with you last week, because watch this, prayer is not words, it's not all about what we're saying, it's about who we're praying to. It's not about our words, but it's about remembering who we're praying to. And when we remember who we're praying to, we have to remember that prayer is relational. It's relational. You're in relationship with your father, and he wants to hear from you. He already knows your needs before you even ask, but he wants to hear from you. He wants you to be completely dependent upon him for just the simplest things in life. Give us today, and Jesus wants us to pray that way. Give us this day. 
if you're familiar with the Old Testament, uh, uh, it's, it's just incredible. If we look at this particular scripture, it's, it, it, it has a lot to do with, this particular little piece has a lot to do with Exodus 16. It's that dependency on God to provide all of our needs. And if you're not familiar with Exodus 16, the, the Israelites were out there on their own in the desert. Uh, this is when they were wandering for 40 years, and God provided manna. They didn't know that the very first concern they had, we're out here in the desert, how will we eat? And God said, don't worry about that. Even the crow, he sent crows or, or whatever, ravens, somebody uh, to feed them. They always had something to eat. They didn't have to worry about it. They didn't have to look for it. They were out in the desert. No water. And if there's no water, then there's no what? There's no other life that you can hunt and look for food. But for 40 years in a dry land, God provided water and food for them. They didn't have to worry or ask for it. And God is saying the same thing for you and I. Give us this day. And, when, and he's asking us, he's telling us to say, just go ahead and open your mouth and say, give us this day. You know why he says that? So that you don't get so comfortable thinking that you're going, you know, because of your hard work, because of your bank account, because of your intellect, because of what you do, that you're going to have food. When you ask him, you're saying, God, I know what I got in the bank, but I want you to give it to me. He wants you to always depend on him for the simplest thing, not you. Stop depending on you. I know, I know some of y'all got more money in the bank than you can count. Y'all can slide some this way. We won't be mad at you. We won't judge you if you slide a few coins our way. But the bottom line is, God wants you to be solely dependent upon him for even the simplest things as food. And this is why God says, this is why Jesus says this. This is why this is an important part of the blueprint. Here's what I want to tell you. God never created anyone or anything that was meant to be independent from him. I'll say that again. I'll let, y'all let, I'll let that marinate because that's really good what I said. This is the Pentecostal church. We'd have a runner or two. God never created anyone or anything to be completely independent of him. How do I know that? Even the flowers depend upon God bringing out the sunlight. Even the, whoo, even the flowers depend upon God making it rain in order for them to grow. Even the birds depend upon God to provide shelter. Even the bird, everything in the world, everything in earth depends upon God. What makes us different? We are created in this image. And if all of those simple things, the, the, the natural things in the earth depend on God, we too need to depend on him for everything. God never created anything or anyone to be completely independent of him. But we've gotten away from that. We've got our degrees. We've got our experience. And we can do it all by ourselves. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. He's blessed me. Oh, I got it going on. I, everything is good. But, but when the poo-poo hits the fan, does he still hear your cry? Do you still rely on him first? I know when everything is good, it's really easy to praise God. But when it's not good, can you still praise him? When you're broke, can you still praise him? When you're disagreeing with your spouse, can you still praise him? When the kids are acting nutty, can you still praise him? When the doctor gives you a bad report, can you still praise him? 
And if you struggle with that, I would question if you're completely dependent upon him. And we're going to talk about that. I'm, I'm going to get into it. I'm, I'm, I'm spending way too much time in this area. Here, here, here's what he's saying in this particular scripture. He says, be intentionally dependent. God wants us to be intentionally dependent, meaning we, we, it's, it's, it's something that we on purpose do. I'm, I'm, I'm on purpose going to depend on you. It's like this. It's like Sam standing behind me, and I'm standing here, and this is the intentionality. I'm intentionally leaving my life in Sam's hand. Now, Sam loves me as my brother, so as a joke, he may let me fall just to make y'all laugh, so I'm not going to call him up here. But in real life, if something was to happen, I firmly believe that Sam would really make sure that my well-being is taken care of. Not because I'm his pastor, but because that's his heart. He loves people. He loves me. And so by doing this and saying, Sam behind me, catch me. Don't, you can stay there. Don't worry about it. Uh, Sam, behind, he's behind me and he catches me. I am intentionally trusting Sam with my life in that moment. I'm just going to fall back and he catches me. And this is what God is saying. Be intentionally dependent upon me. Release yourself to me, but... And here's your first but. Number one, it's okay to ask for what you need. It's okay to ask for what you need. Now, this ain't in your notes, but I'll say sometimes it's okay to ask for what you want. God does love to reward his children. He loves to give us rewards. He loves to give us attaboys and girls. He, lo- he loves to dap us up and give us pats on the shoulder. He loves that, but I want you to know it's okay to ask for what you need. And that's what this scripture is saying. Give us. Give us is saying, I'm asking you, God, to give me. Give us. As a matter of fact, asking is an important part of the blueprint. Jesus tells his disciples in John 14, 12 through 14, watch this. He says this. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me, watch this, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be my father. This is the part you got to get. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the son can bring glory to the father. Yes, ask, there it is, me for anything in my name and I will do it. How many of y'all have done that? Huh? Ask in his name. Right? Yeah, I've done it. We've all done it. Matter of fact, when we say in prayers are typically ended in Jesus' name. Amen. You didn't know why you were saying it. You were saying it because you're asking in his name. You're just saying it because that was what, what Christian people do. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. But, he's, but, but watch this. He's saying, ask in my name anything, anything, and I will do it. Ask in my name and I will do it. You know why a lot of people don't ask? Can I tell you all why? Can I tell you all this big secret that people are trying to figure out? Why don't we ask? Maybe, maybe I'll answer it for you because maybe you have the same question right now because you don't ask. You know why we don't ask? Here, I'm going to tell you why we don't ask. One of the main reasons we don't ask is because we don't believe God will answer. I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hello, crickets. We don't believe he'll answer. Seriously. You know why? Some of us have been praying for the same thing for decades no change. Some of us have been asking God to do some miraculous things in our life. No change. We've been asking him to do something that's just, that, that just is radical in our lives, but it hasn't happened. 
We've prayed and asked God for something specific. He didn't respond according to our timeline or within our time frame, so we don't believe it. But watch this. John 15, 1 through 8. If you got your Bibles, you can meet me over there. And I'm going to tell you why we've missed it. This is why we've missed it. John 15, 1 through 8. If you got your Bible, you can meet me there. It's not in your notes. You don't have to put it up there to you. John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Here's the part you got to get. This is why we give up. Remain in me. And I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you what? Remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. He repeats it. Those who what? Remain in me. Y'all catching this? And I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned but if you remain in me my words remain in you you may ask for watch this you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted when you produce much fruit you are my true disciples this brings great glory to the father Remain. Watch this. Oh, my goodness. This is good. This is good. Y'all, y'all in seminary with me today. Pretend, at least. Watch this. That word remain, if we go Old Testament, you may see it in the King James Version, is, is, is abide. And that very word is, is, a, is, is a word, a Greek word that's, that's a, a, it says mino. The Greek word is mino. And you know what that word translated in English means? Endure. Tia, there's a graphic I have up. Can you, can you put that up? When I read this scripture, I see a lot of us like this. You've seen this illustration before. A lot of times on the bottom it says don't quit. And this is, this is how this illustration works for people who've given up. This is you praying. I've been praying, God, and you've been making progress, but it doesn't feel like it. You're probably right about here in year 10. You're getting there, but you, you, you've been making progress, but you... But you you're getting tired. And a lot of us look like this guy. You've made a whole bunch of progress. God, I've been praying. I've been on my knees. I've been fasting. I stopped doing all that stuff. I've been redeemed from my sins. I'm keep on working. But God, oh God, oh, oh, I quit. And you were one prayer away from the blessing. Why? Because you didn't remain in God. Oh, man, am I in the right church this morning? Am I in the right building this doggone morning? Because some of y'all right now are here, and you're ready to quit. You're right there right now. You're at the edge. You're one prayer away. You're ready to chop it off. But, God, you're about to quit. I want to tell you, whoever you are, don't you doggone quit. You're one prayer away. You're one prayer away. It's not the time to wave the white flag. You know, in, in NASCAR racing, there's a white flag. 
oh man, I'm preaching today. There's a white flag in NASCAR racing. In war, the white flag means surrender. But when you're racing in NASCAR, you're doing all of these laps. And when you get to your last lap, they wave the white flag to say, you got one more lap left. Just keep on going. And so we're in NASCAR right now. You got one lap left. Keep on going. You are one prayer away. But you've got to abide. You've got to endure. I know that it's painful. I know that it hurts. I know that it's ugly. I know that it's not happening as fast as you like. But God's timeline and time frame is different than ours. The Bible says to one hour to him is 40 years to us. One hour to God, maybe 40 years to us. Your weight is not in vain. You must abide. Endure. Hang in there. Keep praying. Don't give up. Don't stop now. One lap left. Hallelujah, God. Thank you for that word. You are one lap away. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Will we miss it? We've prayed and asked, but we're asking the wrong thing. I did an exegetical study of this particular text, and I discovered something. I had to go back to my seminary notes on this. You know, the Bible's not written in chronological order. It's not. The Old Testament or the New Testament is not written in the order of the events that happen. The oldest book in the New Testament is the book of James, written by Jesus' half-brother. Let me tell you what James says, because we're talking about prayer. James says, James 4, 2 through 3. Meet me over there if you got your Bible. If you don't, just, just listen. This is good. James, the very first book in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, forgive me, in the New Testament, watch this. James 4, 2 through 3 says this. Watch this. This is good. He says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take away from them. You don't get what you want because you don't ask God for it. Let me say that again. You don't get what you want because you don't ask God for it forward this right here god uh, uh, god has given us permission to ask for what we want and james is telling us he said he said listen in other words i know you've been praying i know you got a prayer journal i know you fasted i know this hasn't been an ongoing thing but are you asking for the right things are you saying the right prayers let me show you i'm I'm, gonna make it easy for you i'll make it easy for you I'll help you out today. I don't need James for this one. I'll help you out today. How do I know if I'm saying the right prayers? Well, look at the extension of your prayers. In other words, is everything in your prayer, I know in this season it may, line, it may not line up with just you, but will it bless others generationally? If it doesn't bless others generationally, then it's the wrong prayer 
What you're praying for needs to be a blessing that will carry on from generation to generation to generation. It needs to be something that will not just bless your bloodline, but bless your neighbor's bloodline. Your prayer needs to be something that will impact the very earth that we stand on. Your praise needs to be something that will shake the very floor of heaven. Oh my goodness. Your prayer needs to influence others. Are you a prayer influencer? If not, then you're saying the wrong prayer. I know I'm kind of Pentecostal this morning but something is inside of me that I gotta get out of you if your prayer doesn't benefit benefit somebody other than you or your family it's the wrong prayer now I'm not saying don't ask for things for your family I am you gotta do that you have to but it's gotta be something that benefits others somewhere along the law along the line in your lifetime it has to it has to that's how you know if you're saying the wrong prayer. I love what this book I've been telling y'all, y'all got to read it. It's been blessed in my life. This is what Paul Miller says about prayer. Watch this. Jesus is saying, this is uh, what he's talking about from John 14, verse 13 to 14. This is what he says. Jesus is really saying, ask me to do anything for you in the area of my work and I will do it. Okay. If we intend to be effective witnesses, we must employ God's assistance through prayer, asking only that his will be done and not ours. Only then do we have answered prayer. In other words, we need to be asking God, listen, I know that these are the desires of my heart, but God, my prayer this morning is that my desires line up with your will. If my desires don't line up with your will, then fix my desires to line up with your will so that we can be in sync, so that I can be a good witness, an effective witness for you here on earth. Let my vision, my goals that I sit and plan, let them sync up with your will for my life. That is what prayer needs to look like. It needs to line up with, y'all got me sweating up in this place. It needs to line up with his will for our lives. Okay, I've spent way too much time. On that point, let's move on, let's move on. Here's the second thing. Be intentionally dependent, but it's okay to ask for what you need. Be intentionally dependent, but live one day at a time. Live one day at a time. Watch this. Give us, what's the next line? This day. Give us this day. They don't say, God, give us for the rest of the month. They don't say, God, hook me up for the rest of the year. No, God, give us this day. Remember, this is the blueprint that Jesus is telling. His disciples who come to him and say, Jesus, we see that when you go away and you pray, great things happen. So teach us to pray like that. And Jesus says, okay, here's the blueprint. I want you to pray that God, one, give you the bread that you need today. That's it. Yeah, but what about tomorrow? Well, well, I think he told us about tomorrow. Didn't he tell us something about tomorrow? What did he tell us about tomorrow? He said something about tomorrow, Pastor B. Oh, yeah, he did say something about tomorrow. Watch this. He, 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 says, he says over here in Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, 25, 34, watch this, watch this. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food? Some of y'all will say, uh-uh, but I say, yes, it is. 
and your body more than clothing? Some of y'all will say, "Uh uh-uh. And I'll say, yes, it is. Look at the birds. The birds don't wear Prada and red bottom. Okay. Uh, the, the birds ain't worrying about stocking their freezer. Oh, that's not in here. I'm sorry. That's blast. I'm sorry about that. Let me get back on here. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store foods in barns for your heavenly father, what? Feeds them. And then he says, he says aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Did God tell the birds, I created you in my image? No. Who did he say that to? You and me. And if he created us in his image, is he not going to take care of the thing that looks the most and acts the most like him? Woo! He's going to take care of us. Even the birds don't, don't worry about it. Even the birds ain't thinking about it. They know that God is going to feed them. So let's not worry about tomorrow. Just focus on today. Give us today what we need. And here's the thing. I studied this. This wasn't one of those deep scriptures that was metaphorically written. He wasn't speaking a metaphor. He literally said, no, just ask for the food, the sustenance, the stuff that will give you energy for today. He wasn't trying to be deep and say, no, ask him for spiritual food. Ask him. No, no, no. He says, no, ask for, for, for just the food, the sustenance you need today that will give you the energy to do the work. And you got to understand that was important for them because here it is. The disciples were asking, well, well, well master, what will we eat? Now, Jesus is mad. He's like, yo, y'all tripping. Didn't y'all see me feed thousands of people with like a couple loaves of bread and some fish? Wasn't that like the greatest fish fry you ever participated in? And y'all going to ask what we going to eat? Do y'all realize who y'all are hanging with? Huh? Y'all don't get it? Don't worry about what we going to eat. Let's just do the mission. My time is short with y'all. I ain't got time to be making y'all feel good, thinking I'm going to feed you all the time. I don't got time for that. No, you're going to need, just know that we're going to eat. We're going to sleep. Let's work. And I want us to do that. Stop getting all upset and frustrated with what you read in the media. Stop getting all upset and frustrated with what your bank account looks like. Stop getting all upset about stuff that, that God has already got in control. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He knows how it ends. He says, I know the plans I have for you, and they are for. He never said it was for bad. He never said it was for bad. It may look bad now, but it's temporary. God is doing something in you. Some of y'all have been saying the same prayer for a long time, and he hasn't answered. You know why? He's been protecting you from something that you don't need to be exposed to yet. He's been building up your faith and your endurance. He's been trying to prepare you for what he does have for you. Stop whining and complaining and start praising God. James tells us when you face trials of any kind, he tells us when you face, not if you face, but when you face. Why? Because he knows we're going to face them. Start praising. Stop complaining. Start praising God. Start praising. Start praising. But live one day at a time. Stop stocking your refrigerator with all that food. Here's what happens. Now, I'm not saying, you know, no. I mean, God bless us to be in America where we have the privilege and the opportunity to do that. But some of us do it wastefully. Been in the freezer so long, it's got freezer burn. Been in the freezer so long, what you wrote on there, you can't even read no more. I'm real. I'm being real. We're guilty of it at the Santiago house. I was mad the other day. 
I was livid. Like, what the heck is this in here all this time? It's been with her. Wasteful. And then, we, then the kids walk around talking about, man, daddy ain't nothing here to eat. What you mean ain't nothing here to eat? I'm going to defrost the freezer, cook everything, and y'all eat everything that's in there. Ain't nothing to eat. Please. Let's go down to, to downtown Atlanta. Tell those kids out there, ain't nothing to eat. Matter of fact, let's go to your school. Point to some of your classmates who their only meal is the meal they get in school and tell them you ain't got nothing to eat at home. Boy, girl, please. We're wasteful. We got deep freezers and refrigerators full of stuff that's going to be wasted when there are people that could benefit from it right now. Live one day at a time. Here's a, here's a final point. Be content with God's provision. Watch this, Philippians 4, 10, 13. He says, be content with God's provision, our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Philippians 4, 10 through 13 says this. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me. I know you have, have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Now, this is, this is Paul talking to the church in Philippi because they wrote letters and they're like, oh, we're concerned about you, Paul. We want to make sure you're okay, Apostle Paul. And he's like, I praise God that you are concerned about me. He's thinking, thank y'all for praying and worrying about Pastor Paul. Y'all, y'all all right with me. I know y'all want to see me and look for the chance to help me, but thank y'all. This is what he says. Watch this. It's not that I was ever in need. I never needed y'all to do that. I was never in need. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have, even if I'm in prison. And that was his story. He was in jail, but I'm, I'm cool. I'm content. This is where I need to be. This is where God wants me now. God, what do, I, what do you need me to do right now in this space? I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it's with a full stomach or empty, whether it's with plenty or little. For I can do everything through who? Through Christ who gives me strength. I love that scripture because nobody knew that truth better than Paul. He was cut from the tribe of Benjamin. He could trace his family lineage all the way back to the great kings in the Old Testament. He had wealth because he was a Pharisee or Sadducee. Gave all of it up so he could follow Jesus. Faced persecution, faced death numerous times so he could say, I love Jesus and share the gospel. Gave all of that up. So he knew what it was like to be hungry, but he also knew what it was like to have a full belly. He knew both sides of the world. But he says, none of that, none of that trumps what God gives me. He is my strength. He is the one that gives me the endurance. He is the one I depend on. And I'm content with what I have. I'm not going to ask nobody to raise their hand. But you know in your heart, how many of you are actually content with what you have? Okay, he raised you. didn't. Okay, you didn't have to, but all right. I ain't going to raise mine because I'm not going to lie. Part of me wants more. Can't help it. Can't help it. There's, that's human nature in me. But my prayer is that God help me be content. Y'all catch that part? 
God, help me be content with what you've given me. Help me be content. Because I know Broderick can't do it on his own. Broderick is human. Broderick desires more. Broderick wants more. Broderick lives in a society that says, if you have more than you, somebody. And I can't help to want to be a somebody in a world full of people that are actually nobodies. I can't help it. So God, help me be content with what I have. Help me be content with what I have. Teach me how to live within what I have. And trust you with everything that I have. Because of you, I have it. Because of you, I am where I am. Because of you, I am who I am. And so, God, I trust you. I completely surrender to you. And that's my prayer for you all, is that we get to a place where in that small little line, give us this day our daily bread. Who knew that there was so much meat in just those, that one sentence? Who knew that? Y'all could chew on that for a while. Be content. Be content with what he's giving you. Be content with what he's giving you. Amen? Listen. Listen, here, here's what I want to, I want to wrap this up. I want to summarize this for you so you get this in your spirit. Be intentionally dependent on God. But it's okay to ask for what you need. It's okay to live one day at a time. But be content with God's provision. Be content with God's provision. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor V said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.